The Methodist Church has been in the news lately regarding a recent decision on homosexuality and their clergy. Do we have, does the scripture have anything to say about that? Does their decision impact us as an independent Bible church? What should we just as believers in general think about these things? Well, this is Considerate, where we're considering questions about life, theology, and the church. This is a ministry of Redemption Bible Church here in Braunfels, Texas. Do you have questions that regard life, theology, and the church? If so, text the word redemption and your question to 474747 and we'll consider those questions. To learn more about our church and everything we're doing here, visit us at redemption.bible. I'm Aaron Orozco. And I'm Blair Cushman. Let's consider it. Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Consider It. Let's just start right up top with the question. Here we go. It says, The recent and very public decision by the Methodist global leaders to exclude people of certain sexual orientation has been a very big topic of debate and discussion. It really troubles me that a church would publicly denounce and exclude anyone who wants to worship. My questions are, one, from a biblical perspective, does someone's sexual orientation allow a leader to publicly judge and condemn that person? And two, does God really want us to turn away a person or anyone who is seeking his presence and needing prayer? It's a great, great question that was submitted. And, and today we get um, just a privilege to have a, a, a guest of ours on the show, a guest of Blair's. Um, but as we discuss this topic, uh, again, we just want to emphasize that like everything that we're talking about here are, are the way we're developing our ideas is always founded in the word. And we want to be um, very transparent and very adamant of, of just saying like, even even taking our word for it, it it's really what we're doing is we're looking to um, the inspired word that comes from God and, and trying to develop and interpret um, the world that is around us. Um, so Blair, why don't you why don't you start by introducing our guest today? Yeah, I sure will. So Brendan Burge joins us today. He's been a friend of mine for several years. Um, he actually is on staff in student ministry at a United Methodist Church in San Antonio. And so um, once this question was submitted, I asked him to come and uh, help us consider these things as someone who, uh, who this decision and all this debate affects rather very directly. And so, uh, Brendan, thanks for coming on. Uh, consider it today and uh, taking this question with us. Yeah, no problem. I'm really, really excited to be here. It's a, uh, it's really cool because you know, in in Methodist world, we've been really entrenched in this sort of just in our in within ourselves. Um, and so, just with you texting me about this question and getting to consider some of this stuff, uh, it's been really cool getting to be pulled outside of that and and real like remember that this has an effect outside of just our denomination. So I've been really thankful for that. That's right. This is a biblical question. It's a, it's a good one. And I, I really love questions like these that are submitted because here's here's where the intersection of real life comes. It's like, what does the scripture teach? Here's my life. Here's things happening in the world. And uh, and we have to weigh those things. We, we consider them on a daily basis, whether we are intentional about it or not. And so I, I love questions like these and, and I love uh, w- uh, looking at scripture together and so, um, so the question's been posed uh, to us here, but Brendan, you're in the midst of it. And so why don't you uh, really summarize what all the discussion, what the, uh, the conference was about, the decision um, is, is 
does the question here that's been submitted to us is that accurately reflect what they were talking about and why don't you just give us a brief summary of what the what the the general conference was about right so these general conferences happen once every four years within the methodist church and this one was called specifically to address um the the topic of homosexuality uh, and the LGBTQ community in leadership in the United Methodist Church. In leadership. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So this, there will actually be another general conference, a regular, a general general conference uh, that's held next year uh, that will most likely look different because of the decision that was made at this one. But like I said, this was a special one uh, because this topic has been around these conferences uh, for, for decades at this point, And it finally just sort of came to a head. Um, and, well, I, I love addressing this specific question that was asked. Uh, there's, there's also a lot of heartbreak in it for me because, because of the narrative that's being pushed is this narrative about uh, the, the LGBT, LGBTQ community um, being pushed out of the church. And, uh, and like it said, uh, like the question stated, um, sort of being condemned. And, and that's really not what happened at all. The, uh, the topic that was discussed was those self-avowed practicing homosexuals being in leadership in the church, uh, which also led into acknowledging those marriages in the LGBTQ community. Uh, and it had nothing to do with, with worshiping or, or being in community with those people. In fact, uh, just the opposite. Uh, we... What was voted on uh, is not new to the United Methodist Church. They actually just voted to keep what they have believed since their creation, really, since uh, since they've been around. Um, and and those that voted on it voted because they believe that's in accordance with Scripture, and that Scripture is the authority in our lives. Uh, you know, me personally, working with youth and the next upcoming generation. It would make my job really, really easy if someone came out with definitive biblical evidence that said, hey, a monogamous homosexual relationship, that's cool in God's eyes. All of a sudden, my job gets way, way easier, especially with this upcoming generation. Um, but it hasn't really been found in 2000 years. And uh, I think that's that's pretty yeah, so the purpose of the conference then, to just kind of summarize, was really to affirm what United Methodists have believed since the days of John Wesley, right? Just affirming that uh, uh, homosexuality is a, a practice forbidden in Scripture, um, and uh, but it's a you know it's a sin that is really like many sins that we all struggle with, right. and uh, and those that uh, that are in uh, leadership, pastoral leadership, or uh, among the clergy, pastors or bishops, whatnot, that that uh, that that is not accepted. Um, but what it did not say was that anyone that is walking through these things that are struggling with these types of desires um, are somehow now banished or excluded from coming to worship at a United Methodist Church. Correct. Right. Yeah. That's a that's a very accurate summary. Um, and yeah, we we understand that that people struggle with temptation of of all sorts, and temptation does not disqualify you from from following Christ um, and from being His disciple, but. Uh, willful, sign uh, sinful lifestyles, um, you know, 
just as in any we believe that, right. that they can't be in leadership yeah and kind of kind of like we've we've been talking on in this pot podcast about that of how like when culture um gets to a point where where it starts to combat what we believe as christians uh we're called to take a stand and and hold um fast to our faith and that's this conference sounds like that's what they were doing it's it's what from the beginning this is what they've believed and like you said blair and brendan they've just affirmed what what we believe from scripture yes yeah absolutely and that's and that's where the heartbreak comes because um because this narrative that has been driven and, and stepping outside of my context, I get to see what this overall narrative uh, looks like, especially with this question, you know, whoever, like, I, I don't know exactly where the question comes from, but, but the person asking it has obviously uh, had this narrative impressed upon them that we are no longer open um, to, to the LGBTQ community, which is, which is not true. It's not true at Coker, my specific church. I've, I've heard, uh, from multiple churches in the San Antonio area about the response of the LGBTQ community. Um, and, and really, I mean, everywhere that's, that's part of the traditional plan is, uh, and, and what the church has believed is that, that we are open to all people, all mm-hmm. people are created in the image of God, and all are worthy of love. But yeah. in that, we are sinful, and and there's parts of our sinful nature that need to be put to death, that need to be denied, yeah. in order for sure. And and this is Jesus. this is such an interesting topic because even even for me as a as a Christian, I have you know friends who who are homosexual, and I have friends who have friends who are homosexual. And so how uh, in, in talking about this topic, Blair, could you speak about it a little bit more? How do we even in the church, but as Christians individually, how do we go about uh, accepting? And you know, especially in this culture right now, where it's like you know that word tolerance is just thrown around. And how do we navigate uh, with people who have different worldviews coming into the church and coming into into our our lives right yeah because that's really where the rubber meets the road right that's right? that's the the, this, the crux of this question that's, that's right that's the that's the heart of it it's uh even though these things have been really debated for a long time mm-hmm. the united methodist church isn't the first denomination to come and make rulings on this, this has been happening for decades right. and uh um, and so i really commend the umc for uh desiring to be biblically faithful and also to pursue unity amongst a global very diverse body of believers that's uh that's that's honoring to the lord and uh um and and should be commended um and yet we're we're talking about these same things on individual levels and even even though like redemption is not a you know a church that's a part of a denomination we're a part of a church planting collective the great commission collective but this is this is really where the rubber meets the road and uh, and here's here's kind of the um I think the 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 heart of the issue that is that's hard uh, that that I think one is biblical, but it but it's countercultural, and that's that acceptance and approval don't necessarily go hand in hand. Right, right, and right. We can accept somebody and to love somebody genuinely, true, genuine biblical love, mm-hmm. and also not approve. Right, of, D- disagree. Yeah, of the things that they that that they do. Not not just this issue, but there there are a host of things, and that's part of the beauty and diversity of uh, of uh, of just human. 
humanity in general. Right. Um, but I can I can look at uh, friends or family members with genuine love and acceptance, and at the same time uh, have a biblical conviction that certain decision that they've made or a lifestyle that they've chosen to live mm-hmm. uh, or a desire that they've chosen to give into um, is uh, is is wrong. Right. Um, and and but that is not something that is uh, a cultural conviction in our current climate right. in the current world. Yeah, it, it seems like right now the the climate of society is that if if we don't agree with someone, then then the person disagreeing is almost in the wrong. Yeah. Yeah, Which, if you don't approve of me, you don't accept me. You right, have to, right. In order to love or accept me, you have to approve of right. everything I think, say, and do. Which ironically seems like intolerant of disagreement. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, like even going back just to the question and the way that it was posed, can, you know, can a church leader publicly judge or condemn that person? Um, well, well, no, not necessarily. That's a, that's um, especially in regards to, you know, these uh, sexual orientation and these, these types of issues that that's strong language, like yeah, to condemn somebody sure. to hell, uh, that that's really reserved for the Lord. Mm-hmm, right. <laughs> um, now, can we make judgment calls? Can we warn people? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we're, we're told to do that. Right. Uh, yes. you know, um, and we, there's context for how to do that. And there's context mm-hmm. for how to do it, right? Matthew 18 gives a, 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 a the loving kind of pathway for mm-hmm. that. Um, but, uh, um, you know, places like 1 Corinthians 4 actually talk us about judging our, 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 our brother. Like, mm-hmm. um, And so, especially if somebody's like trying to follow the Lord, and right. and the way that they are living is out of sync with the scriptural commands or wisdom. Um, yeah. Then we have an obligation to our brother or sister out of love to say, "Hey, let's 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 look at what the scripture says." I know you feel this way. Mm-hmm. I know that there may be these these desires within you. I know that that this may be countercultural, but let's look at what. God's word has to say, right. and and I know that that's like up for debate, and there mm-hmm. there are those that probably genuinely love the Lord that have come to different conclusions or have somehow explained away the biblical commands of homosexuality um, or against homosexuality, um, but uh, uh, but uh, we don't think that's right, obviously. And uh, right. those the, Romans one is very clear on these things, and so mm. um, that being said, though, like. If someone genuinely wants to follow the Lord, um, then of course we're going to bring them near. Yes. Of course we're going to say, "Come near me. I want to hear these things. I want to know you." And unfortunately, that's not been the case in many churches. Many churches over the the years have acted very um, uh, um, unbiblically, out of fear, and and cast people away. Yes, <laughs> we don't understand yeah. this. It's different than me. It's weird. Uh, you know, you can't be a Christian. You're not welcome here. And and Whoa, 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 whoa! Let's uh, yeah. let's let's settle down a little bit. And right. So, so if like the second part of the question is God really want us to turn away mm-hmm. a question or a person, anyone who's seeking His presence and needing prayer? Uh, absolutely absolutely not. not. Right. If they genuinely want to <laughs> right. know the Lord, they're humbly coming. They want prayer. Then by all means, yes, we want them near, and we should be going after them. Right. For yeah. sure, um, we should be hospitable and loving and welcoming, uh, no matter what a person looks like or um, or what decisions they've chosen to right. make and, and all that. And I think you make a. We have to make a distinction in 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 the person that we're talking about. Like, 
when we're dealing with sinners like saved and not saved people, we're all sinners, right? Um, but there's there's a there's a big difference from a person who is genuinely seeking out the Lord, you know, versus a person who is outright uh, living in sin. And I think it's important for us to understand how to navigate between the two. Um, you know, we've been we've been in Mark in our church, um, and you know, Jesus Himself says like those who are those who are sick are in need of a of a physician you know and that's what the church is like we're not we're not uh people that are have it all together and we've we've um overcome all of our sin temptations that we've figured it all out but rather we're all people who are um sick and needy and we're looking to a savior together um and so just like any other sinner who would come to our church looking for help, looking for uh, a savior, we would welcome that person in. Right. Uh, and the same thing if I run into a person in just my, you know, during the week, like someone who is genuinely uh, looking for help, uh, we point them to Jesus. Yeah. Um, that's not to say that that sometimes we we come across people who maybe are just openly and blatantly in sin and and the bible calls us to to interact with them differently i'm not going to not love them right. but i'm called to stand firm in my faith and i would lovingly uh try to point that person to to the truth and and i mean this is something that i think in, in in as christians i think sometimes we've not handled those situations well where in that one interaction, we want to rub their noses and just plow their faces into into truth. Yeah. Where I think in love and grace, sometimes we need to we need to build relationships with those people. And yeah. like you're saying, I think the church has been scared to get into those messy, sinful situations where uh, Christ was hanging out with with the lowest of the low. He was yeah. in those messy situations all the time. Right. Right. It's totally true. You know, it's uh, our, our job is to go towards people mm-hmm. and right. to, to love them and uh, and to see them as humans uh, in need of grace, uh, which we all are. And so right. even that's like, yes. uh, I want to be careful in how we say it, but it's just for the sake of narrative. But but. But but sometimes we're like, but those people, right. as if as if sinful people are some separate class of humanity. Yeah. No, really, we all are those people. Right. And, right. And, uh, and and apart from God's grace, we would uh, all be uh, uh, goners. And, right. And yet God has been gracious uh, to us. And so, who are we to withhold grace from uh, people? Now, um, and that's that's for those who genuinely want to interact. The the problem is that sometimes it's not like they're not coming desiring these things they're not desiring his presence or his or desiring to pray it's uh, uh, you know coming with an agenda right and uh, and that's you know that's a hard place to work from um, uh, on both sides and uh, um, and that that doesn't necessarily get anybody anywhere but but when we're both coming uh, seeking to understand seeking to be uh, honoring to the Lord and biblically mm-hmm. faithful then that's really where we can um, cover some ground and and uh, walk in a way uh, worthy of our calling for so. sure and and I th- and it's important to to know that um, there's been there's been a lot of uh, like I said, that narrative, um, 
that is driving a wedge between what has been labeled as the progressive and the evangelical side of the United Methodist Church, the progressive Mm. advocating and supporting um, the one church plan, which would be the one that allows churches and conferences, uh, annual conferences, which are regional, which are, you know, just in your area, um, to make the decision on on what they believe, uh, rather than it being a a global decision by the denomination. Um, And and I truly think that that's what drives that side of the church, what's been labeled as the progressive side of the church, um, is that that they want to be able to to open the doors to to these people, um, to to those struggling with uh, uh, the LGBTQ um, topic and 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 everything going on in their lives in that way, uh, and that's the way that they see that, and and they truly do look at the Bible um, and just come to a different understanding than those. It's, it's not that it's not that there was a group at general conference that was standing there rejecting scripture and saying, no, this is all outright. They have just taken a different interpretation, um, which uh, the majority of the church of, of the United Methodist church did not agree with. Um, and it does come from a place of, of love. Uh, it's just, it's just a little bit of a skewed understanding. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just haven't, one of the heartbreaking things is just the wedge that's been driven in between these people uh, and, and these two sides of the church because right. because right. of a different understanding and a different interpretation, which, uh, you know, I believe one is right and one is wrong, yeah. but it all does come from a place of love and wanting to yeah. Uh, bring God's word to people. That's right. That's right. We live in such a uh, p- uh, polarizing culture. <laughs> Everything's yeah. either an either right. or type thing. You're either a Republican or a Democrat. You're either progressive or traditional. You're either a Mac guy or a PC guy. You're either you know. And uh, <laughs> yes, um, you know, we come to these like fork in the road things that uh, that maybe sometimes carry way too much weight than. Than they should, and uh, and it's good and right. We we need to to come and talk about it, and you know we can land in different places, but uh, but it's just sad when when things like this come and uh, and bring yeah. division rather than uh, uh, you know unity. And so uh, so what's our response to these things? You know, as we uh, think about it just as believers in general, whether you are part of a Methodist church or not, as those who love the Lord, um, these types of things should really lead us to to first to uh, increased prayer. Mm-hmm. We need to pray for our, our Methodist yes. brothers and sisters, the churches there, those in leadership, those that that are confused about these things. Just uh, you know, the people in the pews that are concerned. What what does the Bible say about these things? We need to pray that God would be near, that the truth would prevail. Um, we should also be led to deeper humility. Um, mm-hmm. These things uh, uh, are divisive, and uh, we don't have it all figure out uh, figured out. And these things really expose that <laughs> and. Uh, and so it should drive us to deeper humility before the Lord. Uh, Isaiah 66 uh, says that this is the one uh, to whom the Lord will look. He who is is humble, who's contrite in spirit, and who trembles at his word. Mm. And uh, and mm. we want to be a people that God looks at. We want God's presence, right? right? We want to be among them. And those are the ones who, who God looks at. Those that are prideful, those that are full of themselves, those that think they have it all figured out, um, God is actually act, uh, opposed to. He doesn't look at and uh and so we should be uh, humble and it should also lead us to a more diligent study of god's word um we want to be we want to be more uh um 
knowledgeable and understanding of what God's word says and how that affects our life. And so that's where this takes us. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and it should then give us greater compassion for those that are different than us, yeah. right? It should lead us to, um, to, um, to be kind and tender and uh, warm and welcoming uh, as people that God has shown those very characteristics to. Um, but especially now we show those to those who are different on these things. And so let us be a people like that so right. we think about these things um, as we even weigh in on a you know big topic that affects a lot of people and uh, um, no matter what side of the issue you fall on this we can't be throwing you know our Methodist brothers right. and sisters under the bus um, one way or another or just others in general so uh, God would you be glorified um, right. in this thing and, so. and, and can we just say that the church is for the broken yeah. the church is not yes. is not for people who have it all together or who are pretending to have it all together um, that, that great hymn says come ye weary poor and needy you know we Christ is is looking for those who who are in need of a savior and we all yep. are. Yep. And so regardless of the sin that we are struggling with, um th- the great thing about the gospel is that we don't have to get our lives together to come to Jesus. But yep. we come to Jesus right where we're at and and he by his grace, uh he starts making us more like him. That's right. And and through submission to him and his word, and you know that's where that's where it, it gets difficult. Right. Um but but he is the one who 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 transforms us. Right. And so we need to be people that are are quick to to welcome people who are not perfect, just how we're not perfect, and people who deal with different imperfections that we do, and, and be people who love and and have grace and submit to His Word. That's right. You you referenced it earlier, but I'll just read it here because I have my Bible open to it. But it's Mark two seventeen. Mm. Jesus heard it and He said to them, "Those who are well have no need of a physician, mm. but those who are sick." I came not to call the righteous, but yeah. sinners. And so you're right. The church is for the broken, um, and it's for those that 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 recognize their brokenness right. and want to grow in it. You know, yeah. he, the, taking the analogy a, a step further, it's like, well, yeah, that's who Jesus came and and he heals them. Right. He he he. Uh, he heals their disease, or he fixes their brokenness. Mm-hmm. You know, he gives new life. Um, and uh, but but to come broken and say, but I want to stay broken. You yeah. know, I know that that I have this disease, but I don't want. Yeah. I actually kind of like you know having yeah. it. Um, that's kind of missing the point. Right. So come as you are, come broken yeah. uh, to find the healing and mercy and grace and forgiveness that Christ offers. And uh, and that's yes. a process, you know. Right. Uh, sometimes it's immediate, mm-hmm. and uh, and other times it's uh, you know it can be lifelong. And uh, praise God for His grace and mercy that right. uh, that brings that healing. Yeah, and and that 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 analogy fits so well. Like if you've been sick or have done any sort of like physical therapy, like. You have to trust your physician, and right. you and you trust them to do the therapy, to take the medicine. You submit, you know, yeah. and you don't say, "Well, I think I know it's better," or "I yeah. I enjoy this pain." Um, and it's not always easy. It's not always fun, um, right. but it's it's trust, and right. and that's how we get through. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. Trust that God's way is best, and so. This has been a good uh, discussion, and uh, I think there's lots more that could be said, maybe should be said, <laughs> and I uh, uh, would love to, to talk more about it. If you have additional questions on these things, you can uh, submit them uh, to be considered. Um, but again, let us uh, pray for our Methodist brothers and sisters, yes. um, for those uh, um, 
that uh, that are really uh, uh, acutely affected uh, by the the stuff that's going on, and uh, and let us learn to love the Lord and one another uh, better. So, mm-hmm. thanks for tuning in today. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thanks oh. for joining us, Brendan. Yeah, no problem. And I was just going to say, if you know, if you ha- do have some some additional questions and everything, there are a few articles about what was voted on and exactly the language that was used. And I think, um, in the midst of the narrative that's being driven uh, about this decisiveness or about us us as in Methodists um, condemning these people and casting them out of our congregations, like, again, that's just not at all the decision that was made that's the narrative that's being driven so if you'd like to just sort of cut to the core of the issues um, there's a few different articles out there but one of them can be found on uh, peopleneedjesus.net um, and if you find the uh, the article from February 27th um, called hashtag GC 2019 update 5 uh, it has what was voted on it has all the language in there um, and you know it's it's all with Robert's rules and so everything has a lot of sort of legalese and everything in it but uh, um, but yeah you can check that out well thanks for tuning in to Consider It a ministry of Redemption Bible Church here in New Braunfels Texas where we are taking on questions regarding life theology and the church if you'd like to submit a question text the word redemption and your question to 474747 to learn more about our church visit us at redemption.bible We thank you for your support and listening, and we hope that you'll join us next week as we consider it.